0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Jesus Stories, the podcast which tells the stories of Jesus. And in this, our fourth season, we're going back to look at the life of Jesus and then taking a deeper look at the events in his life, what they mean for you and me in our lives. I pray you'll stay with us today. Look at one of those events from this last podcast, In the Desert. We'll begin in just a moment. Allow me a moment to remind you that this podcast comes your way thanks to your support in prayer and from your pocketbook. Thank you for that support. If you'd like to join us, you may find out how to support us by visiting my website, JesusStories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab and choose your method for joining this effort. Did you know this podcast reaches all over the world. We've been downloaded in 141 countries, average almost 3,500 listens per month. That was just in the month of October. Won't you help us to continue to spread this message across the world? You just visit JesusStories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab. I'd love to hear your comments about what and how we are doing. You might even want to talk and ask a question or two, if so. Just visit the website, JesusStories.info. Click on the Talk to Us tab. You'll find several ways to connect with us there. I look forward to hearing from you. Now, in our last episode, we watched the baptism of Jesus, followed by a time of testing in the desert. Now, this testing is commonly referred to as the temptation of Jesus. And as we noted the last time, this is a confrontation between Jesus and Satan, or the devil. We noted that the devil is an angel who decided that he wanted to be Jehovah God. And because of his pride, Jehovah God threw him out of heaven, and along with his followers, a third of heaven, a third of angels rather, and into a place prepared especially for him, a place that we commonly call hell. From the very beginning of time, from creation, the devil has been attempting to thwart God's plans for mankind. So this confrontation between the devil and Jesus is really a test. While Jesus is God's son, he's also a man. He's a human being, and like all human beings, he is subject to the temptations and frustrations of trying to follow Jehovah God. The question is, will Jesus succeed or fail in his test? It's an important test. The first time that Satan and mankind tangled, Satan won. Eve and then Adam, the first humans, were enticed to disobey Jehovah God. And for their sin, Jehovah God placed a curse on them and all of creation. And this curse still lingers today. If you've lost a loved one in death, that is a result of the curse. If you tried to grow vegetables in your garden and found it hard, that's a result of the curse. If your job is hard, that's a result of the curse. It's pervasive. How will it be broken? It can only be broken through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and our submitting our lives to him. But first, Jesus must meet Satan directly, and he must win. So, Jesus is led from his baptism into the desert by the Holy Spirit, Jehovah God's presence here on earth. And Jesus prepares for this meeting. Listen to Matthew's description from chapter four of his book. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted. And became very hungry. That's verses one and two. We talked about fasting in the last podcast episode. It's abstinence, usually from food, to use that time to focus on the task ahead and the one who can get you through that test. It is, in this case, Jesus fasts 40 days and nights. Now, can you imagine going without food or water for that long? Note that Jesus is not the only one who has fasted that long. Scriptures tell us that Moses fasted for that period when he was on Mount Sinai receiving the law. You can find that in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 9. So Jesus fasts, and when Satan arrives, he is ready. Before we actually look at these confrontations, Let me give you one other observation. If you've listened to the previous episode, you may recall that all of the temptations Satan offers to Jesus are met with scriptures. All of the scriptures go back to the story of the nation of Israel living in the desert after they had been freed from their slavery in Egypt, the story of the Exodus, For an observant Jew reading Matthew's account of these encounters with Satan, he would be drawn back to that story. The lessons that God taught Israel in that story would be the same that Jesus is teaching us here in this encounter in the desert. Now, back in the Judean desert, back to our story, Satan starts in, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Actually, While this is what you read in most translations of the scriptures, it has a slightly different nuance in the original Greek. Satan says, let's say for argument's sake that you are the son of God, then of course he accuses Jehovah God. Why hasn't God fed you? Go ahead, make some bread. But making and eating bread would break the fast that Jesus has embarked upon. And Jesus responds with a scripture quotation from Deuteronomy. No, he says, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This scripture comes from a lesson in the desert. Believe it or not on patience the people of israel were thirsty after 3 days in the desert they find water that is bitter and complain to moses who takes the complaint to jehovah god god turns the bitter water into sweet so that it would be palatable but if they had waited just up the road was an oasis with 12 springs of sweet water along with shade, but they wanted water and wanted it now. Satan wanted Jesus to turn the stones to bread now, when just waiting for what God would provide would be much better. Later, he was ministered to by angels. Jesus was patient. What about us? Are we patient? As Jesus followers, are we willing to wait for Jehovah God to provide for us? Or are we trying to outdo Jehovah God? Do we work when we could be with family? Do we allocate the resources given to us to sustain us or to entertain us? How much time do we spend seeking Jehovah God and his will for us versus time with our phones or our TVs? If you're not a Jesus follower, know that Jehovah God provides for you too. Jesus reminds us that he provides both sunlight and rain for everyone, whether you follow him or not. We have air to breathe and an earth to enjoy, regardless of our level of belief. The temptations continue. Matthew narrates the next temptation. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, And said, let's say that, you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Satan tries the subtle approach, you see. Since Jesus is using scripture, Satan decides to use scripture as well. But in his approach, Satan twists the scripture to say something that it really doesn't say. He quotes part of Psalm 91, and he leaves out the part that he doesn't like. See, it starts out like this. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home. Note the conditions here. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you are a follower of Jehovah, then he provides protection. The psalm does continue, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Of course, Jesus is a follower of Jehovah. He is Jehovah God's son, and he will receive Jehovah's protection. But Satan is not after Jehovah's protection. He wants Jesus to prove that Jehovah will do what he says he will do. In other words, deliberately put yourself in a precarious position and let Jehovah extricate you from it. Jesus answers with correctly applied scripture. The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Again, Jesus is quoting scripture from the book of Deuteronomy. You must not test the Lord your God as you did when you complained at Massa. This takes the astute Jewish reader back to Israel's time in the desert. Again, in both Exodus 16 and 17, the people of Israel are hungry or thirsty and are complaining to Moses about their want. They had not learned their lesson from their first encounter with thirst. Jehovah God is losing patience with them. Just check out Psalm 78. You'll see what I mean. There really are two lessons to learn from this temptation. The first revolves around the use of scripture. Whether you're a Jesus follower or not, when you hear scriptures quoted by anyone, do you check them for accuracy or context? Does the meaning assigned to them match what you read? I hope you do have a Bible available to you. If it doesn't match the context, and if it isn't accurate, then that message is suspect, isn't it? The second involves the first temptation. We said that Jehovah God makes provision for everyone, and there is special provision for those who are Jesus' followers. But sometimes we worry about the provision. Jesus tells us later not to worry. The Apostle Paul wrote, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. There is no need to test Jehovah God. He wants to bless us. And again, Matthew continues with the last temptation. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Luke also tells of this temptation, and in his telling, the devil's challenge is this— I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Part of the prophecy about the Messiah is that he will become the ruler over all the new earth, the restored earth. Satan is now offering Jesus that same position and power without having to go through a tough life and death on earth. In other words, don't do it Jehovah God's way. Worship Satan, and you get a shortcut. You can have it right now. Jesus answers from Deuteronomy 6. This is the scripture. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus tells him. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him this temptation is a test of loyalty. Who will you serve? Again, a Jewish reader is taken back to the story of Exodus, and in that story, there's a battle against the nation of Amalek. While in the battle, the soldiers could look up and see Moses, their leader, holding his staff, a symbol of the power of Jehovah God over his head when they looked up to the staff they also looked up to heaven to jehovah god the source of their power strength and their ultimate victory part of the passage that jesus uses says this you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your strength for you jesus followers and for me as a jesus follower i think the question is straightforward Do we love Jesus and Jehovah God with all our heart, soul, and strength? Jesus told us, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you're not a Jesus follower, Jesus is reminding you that he wants all of you, heart, soul, and mind. And finally, for all of us as Jesus followers, I want to remind you of the words of James, Jesus' brother. Temptation comes from our own desires. In other words, temptations comes from being focused on ourselves. You remember the story of the first humans, Adam and Eve, focused on a fruit? It looked delicious. And Eve said she wanted the wisdom it would give her. In other words, Eve was looking at the benefit she thought she would receive. She wasn't thinking about what Jehovah God offered her right then. She was thinking about her own desires. James continues, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Our desires entice us, lure us away from Jehovah, resulting in disobedience to his way and ultimately death. Note the tense here. James wrote this using the present tense. It happened in his time, and it happens in our time. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. Satan is still here, and he's still attempting to lure us away from Jehovah God. We don't necessarily see him or his demons, but their actions are real and dangerous to the spiritual health of those who are not following Jesus. But as we will see, Jesus will confront and defeat them. And I'll tell you about that in just a moment. But let me remind you one more time that your support and prayers make this podcast happen. Thank you. If you'd like to join this effort to spread the good news of Jesus around the world, visit my website, JesusStories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab and choose how you'd like to help us out. That's JesusStories.info next episode, I'm going to introduce you to a new friend of mine. He is a young man who has dealt with Satan and his demons, and he has a remarkable story to tell us. You can begin to hear it next time on the Jesus Stories podcast. That'll be the next time. See you then. God bless.